Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the special bye week one edition of Supercoach Edge. We uh, we hope you enjoyed that intro mashup with each of the bye week episode titles to be a, a play on the title of a Bond film. My name is Jackman, Damon Jackman, and I am joined by Evans, Liam Evans. Now, I don't know about you, Liam, but I currently have no time to buy. Hmm. Well, my team feels like it's got no time to die. Uh, <laughs> Very good. But uh, it was, no, it's, it's good. It's been, it's been a good week. I'm upbeat. I'm upbeat. I've got to, got to, I'll leave it. I'll leave it. We'll find out a bit more a bit later. Uh, yes. But yeah, the buys. There's a reason, there's a reason the you're up The buys are coming. Yes. Yeah. The, no doubt the, uh, the coming bye week, Liam, it's going to mm. leave uh, you probably to a lesser extent because you're not, not worrying too much about the buys, unlike the rest of us, but it's going to leave the rest of us shaken, not stirred. But first, let's have a look back. Sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave all these Bond references out and poor puns. Let's have a look back at how we fared on the weekend in The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. So I'm kicking it off this, uh, this week, Liam, which does mean that you are victorious. Cats out of the bag, um, if you already didn't know. So congratulations, Liam. We'll get into that a little, bit, uh, little bit shortly. Nice. In terms of my score, um, despite the loss, I am absolutely not ecstatic, but I'm, I'm pretty happy. I scored 2,429, which is an amazing score. And it's, it is quite amazing that you can punch out a score like that when a majority of your primos decide to, you know, not take their RDOs in the same week. <laughs> Absolute imbecile. So uh, finally they got together collectively and said, all right, you take next week off. I'll take this week. And uh, it worked out. So all good hunky-dory. Overall ranking, I am now ranked 13,743rd overall, which kickstarted my climb once again up the ranks, albeit mm. only slightly with a move of 346 spots. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to take it. Even if it was a, yeah. a move up the ranks of one, uh, it's a move in the right direction. So absolutely loving it. In terms of the trades, uh, I did continue my consistent inclusion of primos with... Uh, I've, I've had a grand total of seven coming into my side across the past six weeks, um, nice. which is why I've been becoming increasingly angry at my team because you'd think the uh, trajectory should be going up, but it's been more like dipping and then slowly going down, but I'm on the way back up again. So um, this week it came in the form of Luke Parker as that primo who came into my side with Nick Martin making way for him and SDK, SDK otherwise known as Sam at DeConning 
funding the trade via a downgrade to uh, where? 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 Yeah, I guess. In the defense. Where? In defense. Where? He's in defense, Liam. <laughs> in, uh, in the good, I'm going to break the rules here and raise a glass mm. to all of my main primos for finally, sorry, here's my glass, which is my uh, Pepsi Max. I'm going to raise <laughs> my can to all those main primos for finally standing up and scoring well in the same week, but particularly Neil, Sicily, Dunkley, and Sinclair. So, very nice. There you go. This this is to you, Clink. <laughs> uh, in terms of the bad, McRae takes the honors here. I mean, his form over the recent weeks has been waning, and to only score 102 against a hapless Eagles outfit just isn't good enough. His average over the first five weeks of the season was 135, and after his next six, that dropped. To 120.5. So for someone usually so reliable for a captaincy score, if your early VC fails, he is someone we now have to almost second guess ourselves on. So McRae, pull up your socks, mate. Like mm-hmm. you are falling behind in terms of the primo stakes. It's almost like you're on an RDO every single week. And if you keep up this uh, this behavior, mate, you're going to be out of my team. You won't <gasps> be, but I'm just, just got to put a rocket <sighs> up him somehow. Um, in terms of the ugly, surprise, surprise. It's a little bit of a surprise. Not so much for Ooh. me, myself. I'm putting myself in the ugly <gasps> bin and not just because of this. Wow. It's because of my performance. <laughs> so the reason being is I had the VC on Neil and uh, we had a, a quick discussion prior to the Brisbane game kicking off. And I said, I've got my VC on Neil. And um, I was like, oh, yep, no worries. I don't know who you had your VC on. I think you yeah, had on Oliver. Oliver. And, I did uh, have I was thinking about train, train, yeah. I was very fleeting about the VC um, to an extent that I didn't think about the potential two-pronged tag that the Giants could use on Neil in the form of Ashen DeBoer. Mm. So thought too much about it, switched it from him, literally like seconds out from the game. It was yeah. like 20 seconds or something. And I'm like, you know what? Gut feel, which was the wrong gut feel. I don't know why I ate to, to make me feel like that, but <laughs> it was terrible move. So of course he went on to score the highest score of the round. And the man I switched it to in Oliver scored 113. To make matters worse is I then opted to put it on that man I just spoke of in the bad category. So technically he's in the ugly with me in McRae. <laughs> so I thought he was reliable enough to bust out a score higher than 130. And especially against the Eagles, didn't do it. So join me in the ugly bin, uh, McRae. Just not good enough, mate. Not good enough. But as I say, I'm wedding crashes. What an idiot. Oh, what a loser. What an idiot. <laughs> Anyway, over to you, Liam. Thanks. I, I know that feeling, Damon. I took the C off dunks and put it on to McRae with just a, a few minutes before the game as well. It was on the basis that I'm playing for leagues now. Uh, both my oppo um, oppositions had C, the C on McRae. So I was like, you know what? Got to take the, the less risky road. I was projected to win both of those leagues. Um, I think I wasn't ahead at that stage, but you know, when you look at the matchups, you can kind of get a get a sense, even though the projections might be off. Um, but I, I decided to play it a bit safe and it worked out in one, but not the other. Um, yeah, there was more to that game. Uh, only lost it by 10. So if I had dunks as the C, oof. if I kept even uh, Oliver as the C, anyway. Anyway, doesn't matter. Got up with the win this week. So I guess that'll have to do. Anyway, uh, so my score was 2,454 with an overall ranking of, I went up 3,052 spots to 26,004th overall. Nice. It's a slow climb, slow, slow climb. Uh, onto my trades, out was it was actually quite sad. I really wanted to keep Nick Martin for as long as I could, and I probably could have. But anyway, he helped me fund a double upgrade. I also moved on SDK, another one that I actually probably wanted to hold a little bit longer and Nick Dacos as, not, yeah, Nick Dacos, sorry. Uh, and then on the ins, I had uh, Lukey Parker, uh, Jack Sinclair, and were, where, whatever you want to call him. Uh, <laughs> when, where, how? <laughs> yeah, he's fairly sitting on my bench. Uh, just because of Bevo and his deciding yeah. to, you know, screw us over by dropping, uh, what's his name, Cleary, Cleary. to the... Yep. To the sub, but anyway, uh, on the good, I have Jack Sinclair came straight in my side with a score of 140, which is exactly what I needed. Uh, in the bad, I've actually got Jaden Short, a score of 85, you know, on the on the whole seems decent enough, but he did struggle in the second half. 
Um, so hopefully it's just an off game and he's uh, back to his more reliable self uh, soon. And in the ugly, I've got, and it's probably harsh. I feel a bit bad actually, but it's, it's purely, I was actually going to go the same way. I wanted to give myself the ugly for the dunks, try uh, the dunks uh, move, but uh, Maurice Rioli harsh, but it's, yeah, I had no, it was lower score on field by a long way. And it'll be nice not to have to rely on him with the likes of Rioli and Curtis uh, and Curtis as well with uh, mm. Hobbs and McComb getting that forward status with the new DPP changes. So be nice to uh, just not rely on Rioli. Oh, I know. I, I feel you there, especially with Curtis. And yeah, yep. it's one of those things where I thought on the weekend in a good position, I had Baldwin as my potential, mm. you know, looper, screener, uh, non-playing on the bench, screen Rioli score. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Well, Curtis might score another extra 20 30 points no he's got an extra two points thanks <laughs> thanks man oh do you want to intro it let's have a, yeah, have a quick look-see at our head-to-head david did you like to run through it yes i'll do the honors i'm happy happy to do so liam it is uh hmm. i'm on eight wins three losses you are of course on three wins and eight losses so uh point differential as well is 303 so yeah after pulling away in recent weeks you have nabbed one back on me and uh after your I want to say poor luck of late, Liam. It's been really hard done by. Uh, you know, you had to gobble up that donut. You got COVID, um, which may be linked. Who knows? Um, I am mm, you know, happy to see you at least get on the board and peg one back on me. So um, thank you. Yeah, let's. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't continue though, because uh, oh, there's still a margin of five wins. But as I said, I've just been saying that point differential you could chip away at, and you could yeah. come out of the bias. Who knows? Once we actually start, you know, getting a bit of a, a full team of primos provided they don't all take the RDO all at once, um, you'll, you could, you could catch up and beat me. So mm, true. Hopefully, hopefully mm, that's what I, I hope for, be. but the buys are, uh, the buys are probably going to help you out considering I'm just not going to care about them. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I didn't think of that. Uh, well, let's just pretend, Liam. let's just pretend. <laughs> we'll just take the buys off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, in one of my leagues, one of the cash leagues uh, that I'm yep. organizing, Liam, but the, the buys don't apply to the head-to-head because yeah, it's very... uh, the consensus was that the buys are a piece of shit and they really stuff you up. So, um, yeah. But anyway. I think, yeah, you can have that, you know, you play you as your team, you know, is strong across all three buys and then you come up against someone who's just focused mm-hmm. on one buy or, you know, you, you have that happen twice and you've all of a sudden lost two games. Yep. Um, which you realistically probably should have won. Uh, so I think that's a that's a fair way of playing it. But uh, let's move on. Yep. Let's uh, get through the talking sure. points that come out of this weekend and even the weeks that are coming up. Uh, and let's look at them a little closer in the week that was. I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, hard to turn. In the week that was, we keep you up to date on the key talking points of the round, and we'll keep it relatively short as we'll touch on most of these points in the next segments. Uh, but the key things from here are, one, the buys are here and uh, just ominously just lurking uh, behind the behind the curtain. And uh, two, uh, we've got DPP changes, which is a lot more exciting. Yes, absolutely. Sorry, I was just looking to see if the buys were behind me, Liam. I, was, uh, <laughs> I, know, I know they're lurking around. Could be anywhere. Yeah. Looking, looking through the window. I feel like it's like Jaws, you know, you're just swimming away happily and then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just like, oh, Primo on my side, Primo on my side. <laughs> Darn it. Oh, there's another Primo. Darn it, Darn it, Darn it. And then you do the the buy, you know, the, what do you call it on Supercoach? <laughs> Supercoach goal where you can check out the buy. The oh, buy yeah, detector, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, your whole team's faded out. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh my God, here comes a buy. <laughs> Chomped. You're going to need a bigger boat. Uh, yes, so those dreaded buys, they are very, very scary. But uh, we'll chat through that in a segment very, very soon. But on the exciting front, Liam, we've got our next round of DPP changes in the bank. Oh, Ripper. Because on Wednesday, a lot of people don't know this, but nice little present. It's kind of like Christmas. On Wednesday, it's not Christmas, is the mid-season draft. So we'll have yes. a slew of options for downgrade options on our hands. So keep an eye on our socials for any players of note coming out of the draft that we'll, of course, um, tweet about, uh, put out across our socials and, um, yeah, drum up a bit of um, bit of uh, an insight into to, to, you know, to see if they're worthy of being drafted in your team. 
That's right. So let's uh, let's move on. Let's jump straight in and just chat about the the DPP changes. Thank you, David Bowie. At last, <laughs> we have been delivered gifts by the gods, the super coach gods, in the form of twenty three new DPP players. And the most notable and super coach relevant include for the mid forwards we have Bont. Basilenka, Heaney, Rosie, Hobbs, and McComb. In the mids, we have, uh, sorry, mid defense. We have Short. He was on the cusp, as you would have uh, would have heard in our recent episode. Um, yep. So he uh, got a fair bit of mid time to really nudge him over that mark. Uh, who else we got uh, in the ruck? Ruck forward. There's only one. Yeah, ruck there? forward. There's only one. Uh, got uh, Darcy Cameron. Uh, I think that would come as no surprise. Yeah. Uh, and for the for the 15 other players, uh, you can find them on the Herald Sun website or on Honeyball. Uh, they're less super coach relevant, but uh, you know they've got DPP status nonetheless. So if you want to check them out, check them out there. But with uh, these changes in mind, let's uh, jump straight into how best to take advantage of these by discussing all things trades with The Price is Right. The Price is Wrong, bitch. In The Price is Right, we run through the top buy, sell, hold, and wait options for this round of Supercoach. We'll chat about the pros, the cons, and any notable players uh, that you might need to consider um, with the buys coming up. But first off, before we delve into the best trade targets, let's rehash what presents us on the buy front. Just, you know, that cloud that's just sitting there. Looming, looming over it's been, us. It's been, you know, sunshine and rainbows, and then all of a sudden that cloud's out the back and it's getting closer. Don't have time to buy, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going on merry way, just upgrading, and uh, it's just—I just hate it. Just hate it. So round twelve, it, it does obviously mark the first of the three buy rounds, where your best performing eighteen players will be counted towards your weekly score. For each of the three weeks, we get access to use a, an extra trade, which is mm. deducted from our total amount remaining. So unfortunately. I wish it was the case. You don't get any extra trades. You just get access to use another one from the batch of those that you have remaining. Uh, on the first buy, we have, as we mentioned last week, Carlton, Essendon, Giants, Port, Richmond, and St. Kilda, which we'll go through again uh, just for those people who are tuning in for this episode and missed last week's. don't know why you would. you got to tune in every week. But um, the five most notable players from each, according to ownership, include for Carlton, Cripps, Walsh, Doherty, Hewitt, Carroll, probably Carol to a lesser extent now. Um, Essendon, we have Merritt, Parrish, Martin, uh, Ridley, and Hobbs. The Giants, we have Pruce, again, probably a lesser factor now. Um, mm. But uh, Canilio, Kelly, Green, Taranto, Port, we have Hayes, Butters, Houston, Boak, Wines. Richmond, we have Short, Rioli Jr., yeah. Gibkiss, Dusty, <laughs> and Vlosten. Sorry, Rioli. Um, and St. Kilda, we have Gresham, Sin- Sinclair, Crouch, Marshall, and Wanganeen Miller. Yeah, so obviously something to keep in mind when trading in players to cover this week are the teams that have the buy over the coming next two buy weeks. So make sure any trade-ins don't leave you in more of a compromising position than you would have been otherwise. So knowing that we have access to three trades, if you're left with any less than 15 players available heading into next week, you're at risk of not being able to field the full 18. So just you know keep that in mind. Um, I think this week I'm going to field... <clears throat> 16 or 17. So I'm definitely going to have a donut, um, but I'm kind of just resigned to that. I'm, as we said, the two main leagues uh, don't have uh, head-to-heads during the buys. So it's not really a concern for me. I'll just trade as I need to, uh, to, you know, grab the players that are on the bubble or who might, you know, uh, jump up in price um, too much so that I I can't grab them after the buys. But uh, let's jump in. Let's jump straight into the sale options, Damon. Yes, uh, the first one, which uh, just having a quick look at Supercoach, we have uh, is the most traded actually, eleven percent so far oh. as we record this on Monday evening, and it is Sam Hayes. He's priced at three hundred and eight point two k. Obviously, a ruck averaging a seventy two point six with a break even of forty nine, and of course, like we mentioned there, the buy is this week for him. So there's two schools of thought with Hayes. One is to hold him over mm. his buy this week and have him as handy cover for the next two games in round 13 and 14, where other people would be, you know, I guess, trying to find another player um, that is playing in those those uh, those 
you know, weeks, I guess. Um, and the other is to trade him now as an almost maxed out cash cow. So, Liam, what are, you, what are your thoughts on this? I personally um, want to get rid of him. I mean, his break-even is creeping very, very close to his average now. Hasn't been scoring as well as what he did early on when he first started. Um, so, And I actually need a bit of cash to uh, to fund an upgrade to a, you know, whether it be a Baz Lenker or, a, yeah. or an English, one of those guys. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I'm probably uh, I'm probably going to move him on. He's, he's around 12 by sort of he's a bit awkward. I'm going to move him on just because, I mean, it's it's hard. I, I don't want to get uh, – basically, my advice to anyone is to just – comes down to what you need for your team. If you've got ample cover in the round 13 and 14 buys and need someone this week, trading out makes sense. Um, but if you've got lots of options this week, then maybe he's a bit more handy for the next two buys. Um, it's just – it's very team dependent. If you need the cash, it makes sense to trade him. Um, I, I, I'm probably going to trade him just for the cash. But, and, and it's hard for me to say, cause like, I'm obviously not worried about the buys as much as I probably would be most years. Um, so I'm 50, 50 on it. Uh, but yeah, I think it's just very team dependent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Sit on and, the fence. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true though. Like it comes down to how many players you have. If you have ample players playing already this week on his buy, there probably mm. is reason to keep him because he is going to help you out as that extra player across the next two buy rounds, considering that he's playing across both. Um, so there is that school of thought and it, it totally makes sense. Um, and if you think he's going to be able to hold his price point at the very least, or if you conversely think that he can perhaps, perhaps kickstart his cash gen again, then, uh, then why not? But yeah, I, I'm very much in the position at the moment where I need to trade out and I, I can afford to do it because I have enough players at the moment. I think I've got about 17 heading into next week, uh, from memory. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, it's not as if, like I said earlier, you've got, you know, sub 15 players and you're like, Oh yeah, whatever. But yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. And also just on the mid season draft front as well, something to think of for trading him down, keep note as well. Uh, Cause at the moment I'm looking at trading him down potentially to a, a non-playing player as we traditionally do. And I think the most or the, the cheapest option in the rucks uh, that have DPP Apart from Akui, I can't pronounce his name, apologies, uh, who you have, Liam, who is a defensive ruck at 102. Yep. Uh, there aren't any others that the cheapest, I think, is 124. McGuinness might be or Combin. Um, so one of those two guys from North Melbourne. Um, so we might get access to, he's a little bit of a scoop, access to 102k ruckman forward through the mid-season draft. So hold fire on doing that. And uh, hopefully they'll be imported into our super coach in the playing list by the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree entirely there. Um, On to the next cab off the rank. It's uh, another Ruckman, Braden Proust, 457.1K. Ruck Ruckman, Ruck eligible, sorry, with an average of 110 with a break even of 47 and a buy this round. And another that many have opted to trade out, uh, he obviously missed round 10 due to illness. Strangely enough, he was also left out of the senior side by new coach Spike McVeigh and instead was made to play for the seconds despite being declared healthy. Hmm. Well, given this, there's a bit of an element of doubt, I think, over his job security in the team. I think Damon, we actually spoke about it earlier when uh, he was looking at being traded in. And the most telling was comments made by GW's assistant, Amon uh, Buchanan, who prior to team selection said ominously, he trained today, will go into match committee this afternoon to figure out the pieces. Clearly, Prusty provides a really good contest in the air. His one will discuss. Mm. Not a good endorsement, Not, is it? No, it's a bit concerning. And obviously, Flynn, Flynn's obviously his main competitor. Uh, looking at his VFL stats, um, I don't know if he played the full game, but didn't look too dominant a performance. I guess I can see why you'd want to trade him out, especially with missing. Um, we'll chat about some trade-in options that sort of fit as to why you might want to move Pruce on. Um, but I guess equally, you could also go against the grain and hold him and see if he does return to the team after his buy, especially if you have someone like English or Darcy Um you know, English up forward or even a Darcy who can you can swap in this week, um, you know, trade him in. Or even if you've got, got a Rowan Marshall or something or a Cameron, um, mm. all those options would suffice. I mean, it's best um, 18, so yeah. Yeah, exactly right, yeah. I think 
now's a good time to get rid of him. Um, we'll delve into, like you said, those those buy options very shortly. But uh, English is one that really sticks out, as does Darcy. Um, that is Sean Darcy, the big uh, the big yeah. ogre from uh, from Frio. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that's a bit a bit harsh. Not so much on his looks, but he just lumps around. He's not the most athletic-looking bloke. But both of those guys present as really solid options and look at this stage as if they're vying for like the um, mm. the R1, R2, or R3 option uh, heading forth. So we'll delve into that um, very, very shortly. But um, let's move on to another sell candidate, and it is Josh Gipkus, who is priced at 325.9K as a defender, averaging a 64.1 with a break-even of 77 and yes, of course, another guy who has his buy this weekend. So pretty plain and simple, I think, for him. He's maxed out as a rookie and his price has started to drop. So with the buy this weekend, it's a simple option to sell, I think. Um, his major yeah. price, major money. Um, trade him in and use that dosh to upgrade uh, to a primo. Yep, I agree entirely there, Damon. And onto another option in the exact same boat. It's Nick Martin, 368.7K, forward mid. Averaging 83.4 with a break-even of 76 and a buy this round. He came back into some decent form on the weekend with a solid score in the 90s. While he looks like he could be a good option to hold for an F7 and oh, I really wish I could have. Uh, but his buy is this round. It's probably worth offloading him if you still have him. Spot on. I did very much the same thing in getting rid of him. And uh, yeah, I wish I could have kept him because it was just really that past couple of weeks where he just had... Bit of a bit of a dip, but um, obviously yeah. back on top again, and hopefully he can continue his good form. Uh, moving on to whole options, and the first one is Paddy McCartan, and these ones obviously aren't set in stone. So if it works for your team, because that's the nature of buys, is that every team's going to be different in terms of the number of players they have available across the buys. So these aren't necessarily a hundred percent hold. These are guys that you could hold um, based on a number of factors. So first guy is Paddy McCartan. He is a forward <laughs> defender, priced at 356.3K, averaging a 70.7 with a break-even of 50. And he does have his buy round 13. And that is part of the reason why you could hold. So main thing with Paddy is that he's been uber consistent, maintaining his 70 average from virtually the start of the year to now. And most impressive of that is that his average contains his concussion-affected 44 with two of his uh, four scores on return being a 94 and an 85. So he does really show that he's got that uh, that ceiling as the intercept defender. Really strong part of his game. He does have the buy next week. So you could potentially hold him this week. And, you know, at minimum, he should hold his price and potentially go up even more before you trade him in next week on his buy. So um, something to think about. Um, I am holding him. The next guy who we're going to talk about, I've already sold. Um, could have could have swapped it out. Could have been bit of sliding doors moment between both of these guys mm. very very similar and that next guy liam is yep it's uh sam de conning the uh <clears throat> the round 11 rising star nomination uh yeah. he's forward defensive eligible <laughs> they're, they're basically the same 348.5k averaging 60 to 65.2 with a break even of 46 and a buy in round 13 too he has gone from strength to strength uh very much like mccartan having lifted his 49.5 average from his first five games of the year to 65.2 across the next six games. Uh, he's definitely one to hold uh, on one that you can hold, I guess, given he is playing in the first bye week with a very achievable break even and then upgrade him come next week when Geelong has the bye. So yeah, both those guys are ones that I'd hold if you still have them and you still can hold them uh, just while they're play, playing options uh, yeah. for the buys. But let's uh, move on, Damon. Let's move on to the, to the buy options. Yes, the juicy part of this segment. Always love it. And first up, we have uh, that ogre I spoke of uh, earlier. Again, apologies. Nothing to do with the ears or the way you look, Sean Darcy. But um, Sean Darcy is a, uh, a Ruckman, of course, priced at 581.6, averaging 107.8 with a break-even of 68. And his buy, which also helps him as a, a bit of a buy factor, is it is his buy is in round 14. <laughs> Almost got myself tongue-tied there. There's too many buys. Um, Darcy looks to have bottomed out after dropping in price off the back of his score of 51 in round nine and will surely increase from here on with a break even of 68. So outside of his 51, he scores either side of round nine where he got that read 178, 134 and 141. So whilst he presents as a tasty proposition, his durability does, however, remain a key concern having had a delayed start to the year 
and he has sustained niggles in game across a couple so far this year. So that's the main knock on his game. And one thing that always scares me, and if I was to pick him up, that would be in the back of my mind. So if you are trading him in, I would want to make sure you have the ability to swing, say an English or a, or a you know Darcy Cameron forward via an R3 DPP swing in case an injury were to occur, or at least have, you know, if it was to occur later in the year, at least have a trade up your sleeve if you don't have access to a a DPP swing. Yeah, he's very scary, but very, very tasty proposition at that price, especially. Yeah, yeah, that is very much the case. I agree with you entirely there. Uh, Next up, we've got Tom Stewart, defensive eligible, 618.6K, massive. Averaging 120.6 with a break-even of 69 and a buy in round 13. He's absolutely killing it. I don't think there's any other way to describe it. And he has a three-round average of 136.3 and a five-round average of 134 as a defender. Uh, But just keep in mind that these are inflated by his massive scores of 174 and 187. So 174 and 187 are in his five-round average and the 174 is in his... uh, is uh, three round average. Uh, so as of Tuesday, he's been traded in by 3.8% of sides at an eye watering price of 618.6K with a break even of just 69. So he's going to go up in price. There's nothing, no, no yeah. doubt about it. But I just want to throw a couple of stats in that maybe we need to consider. His average at GMHBA this season is 161. <laughs> That's with three of his four highest scores, you know, this year coming at at Cadenia Park. <clears throat> On the other hand, away from GMHBA, he is averaging 103, which is solid, no doubt. No doubt about that. But just keep in mind, he plays his next three games away from GMHBA Stadium. Stadium Doesn't necessarily mean he's a bad pick at this stage. It's just, you know, temper those expectations um, if you bring him right now. I don't think he is going to necessarily score as highly just based off those averages. Absolutely. I totally agree with everything you've said there. And I love those stats. It's... um. Something to uh, something to factor in, yeah. It's um, very interesting. I mean, he loves. He must love the uh, the ground size of Canadian Park. Plays into his favour. Well, it must. Yeah, it must obviously play into his favour. Mm. Uh, moving on to a another uh, buy candidate, and it may surprise some people because he has gone with price already, and it is Joel Jeffrey of the Suns, selectable as a forward, priced at one eighty eight point nine k, averaging a seventy one with a break even of negative seventy seven. So he does have the buy round thirteen. But uh, the main thing for him that's a positive it is that it looks like he could maintain his spot in the Sun side off the back of his last two performances, especially which garnered scores of 95 and 93. And most notably, whilst his first big score came off the back of five goals, his 93 on the weekend came off the back of one goal, seven score involvements and four one percenters, which uh, of course help boost his score. Um, but it does show that he can score without having to rely on goals. So, He's very much a pressure forward. Uh, whilst he already has made a 61.5K with a break-even of negative 77, Supercoach Gold forecasts him making another 79K if he can score a minimum of 51 for each of the next two games he plays. So just remember, he does, of course, have that buy next week. So if he doesn't fit into your buy structure uh, or it compromises your team in any way, maybe think twice about getting him in or if you don't care about buys like yourself, Liam. Who gives a shit? Just bring yeah. him in. Um, but yeah, we're gonna chat to um, uh, to Emper uh, as a very very special surprise guest uh, about him, and we're gonna actually also chat to him about uh, three other guys that we'll be delving Ooh. into very very shortly here. And um, you know what? Let's just do it right now. The first guy, Liam, is yeah, it's Timmy English. Ruck forward, 597.7K, averaging 128 with a break-even of 55 and a buy in round 13. Now, for those owners that did hold Tim English for all those weeks, uh, you were certainly rewarded for holding the faith. Yeah. Uh, looks certain as a top six forward and has that handy DPP status that means he's got plenty of upside in your team, uh, especially if you've got you know the likes of Darcy uh, sitting in your R2 or R1 spot. Uh, yeah. Just be nice. But uh, he's <laughs> averaging 128 for the season with a low score of just 96. If you haven't got him, it's time to jump on. Mm, it's time. Yep. I think it is time. It is time. The time is nigh. <laughs> yeah, geez, what a floor. Floor of 96. Were you ringing what the bell floor. then? Yeah, I was here ringing he, the bell. Here he. <laughs> <laughs> 
for those people listening on the podcast, you're like, what the hell? What are you talking about? That's why you should be <laughs> tuning in to the podcast on YouTube because you, you miss these little little gags that uh, only yeah. I can pick up on and the other people that tune in. So join, join in and uh, check out that because you have visual gags that you miss out on. Um, very much so. We'll delve into him. I, I won't... Um, We'll just touch on the surface there, as we will with these next two guys. And one of these next two is Bailey Smith. Mm. He is now a midfielder forward, priced at 552.8K, yes. averaging 112.2 with a break-even of 65 and, goes without saying, as a bulldog by round 13. So he did miss round 11 after not getting up from illness. So make sure he's named, obviously, before trading him in. But with his new DPP status, he's, you know, I think, hands down a lock for a forward, forward role in everyone's teams and coming in almost 40k cheaper than the next bloke on the list with a similar output in terms of scoring I don't think you can go wrong mm. I agree I agree and that next bloke on the list is Marcus Bontempelli and sorry just before we jump into it uh, Bailey Smith has an average of 112.2 uh, for you know th- almost 40k cheap for 40, almost 40k more you're going to get Marcus Bontempelli with an average of 111. Yeah. So Smith is averaging higher. Um, yeah. But anyway, Good we'll uh, jump in. Marcus Bontempelli, mid-forward eligible, finally. Uh, 589.4K, averaging 111 with a break-even of 122 and a buy-in round 13. And now, can we just say, finally, <laughs> the DPB change that I think we've all seen coming and we've all been waiting for, and we finally got it. Bont gets his forward and mid status. So exciting. You can probably afford, that being said, you can probably afford to wait until after his buy to pick him up, especially if you need to uh, grab one of his teammates that we mentioned earlier uh, and get them into your side. I personally probably have him in third spot uh, in order of importance at this stage with English and Baz first and second, respectively, just based off their break-evens. With his break-even below his average Sorry, his break even above his average. Uh, I think it's fair to say you've got grounds to hold, especially with his buy coming up next round. Yeah, you've got to find ways. Got to be nifty, don't you, to to fit in all these dogs, get these dogs yep. happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it's that time, Liam. It is time for our special guest, and yes. the special guest is our number one ticket holder of the show, and uh, love having him on. And uh, yeah. He's going to be on here chatting about all these guys here. And I've got a couple of questions for him because uh, I've been racking my brain trying to work out which of these guys to bring in first. So that's going to be one of the questions. But let's bring him in now, Liam. It is none other than Empire. All righty, Liam. So joining us now is our number one ticket holder, the driver of the Ben Keys bandwagon and stats guru, <laughs> Empire. Thanks for joining us, mate. Thank you for having me back on the show. Very, very happy to be here. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Emperor. Thanks for joining us. And how are you going so far this season? I started off uh, pretty well. Uh, shot out like a rocket. Uh, all thanks to uh, my man, like you mentioned, Ben Keys. Pretty happy with starting him. Um, I've made a couple of good moves. Uh, probably my best one so far has been trading out Brody Grundy the week he got injured for Braden Proust at 200k. And mm. Uh, Matt Rowell this week for Joel Jeffrey, which has really helped my team get into a really strong spot heading into the buys. But um, overall, I'm sitting currently just outside the top 15K. So I'm not too high up, but um, yeah, I, I, overall isn't really my main focus. My main focus is yeah. leagues. Yeah, uh, it sounds like you're in a very similar position to Leon and myself. And uh, we're, we're just trying to like keep positive because we know that we've kind of been slow and steady, you know, wins the race type type uh, scenario. Whereas a lot of people have just been burning through trades and, you know, using their boosts from the get go. So um, yeah, hopefully we, all of us as a collective, us three can, um, yes. can come out of the buys absolutely firing. But um, yeah. we've, uh, we've got you on uh, this episode to, to help guide us with um, your analytical prowess, I guess you could say, um, <laughs> and just uh, your all round opinion on all things super coach. But um, prior to getting you on in the segment we just discussed, we uh, we had a brief chat about uh, obviously you know DPP changes, um, obviously the buys as well um, coming up this week, uh, but in particular the three dogs, uh, which are Baz, Bont, and English, uh, they are the talk of the town at the moment. But there's a couple of questions in terms of you know going into I guess uh, the first buy week. I was very much set on 
jumping on Baz. And it was uh, was almost a silver line in the fact that he had the weekend off mm. through illness because he kept his price. His break even was, I think, a 66 or 65 or thereabouts. And he stayed, you know, obviously the same price. But now I've kind of shifted and, and chatting to Liam, he kind of opened my eyes a bit in a sense, but I probably would have found that out because I do need an extra... I've currently got 17 players and I do need to trade in someone that's playing this weekend in order to, to get the 18. But... Liam mentioned English as an option, and uh, I think he's the most expensive of the lot. I don't know if he's more expensive than Bond, potentially mm. he is. But just in terms of these guys, first off, first question, and it's probably one that uh, a lot of the uh, our viewers and, and listeners have. First off, can you realistically run with all three of these guys? I mean, four, including Dunks, or even five, if you are someone that has a Trelaw. You know, is it possible to fit all these guys in, and are there any drawbacks to having you know four or five guys from the one team look i think that you can you could also throw libertore in that max that, mm. that mix as well because yeah he's also flying as well so you could potentially have six dogs up in your forward line probably not a great idea for next week but given the way that they're all scoring it's yeah you might as well get them i think um dunks english bont and uh, one of the other ones, they're the top four highest averaging forwards. So you yeah, absolutely you can. The only real way it's going to affect you is in Dubai when they actually like all of them don't play. But absolutely you can play you can play all of them. Mm. I guess the concern from my side is just, and I think Damon we spoke about this off air, mm. is if 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 you know the dogs have a down week, um, you know, does it affect all of them? and sort of a bigger chunk of your side as well, um, just by them having a down week, if it affects multiple of them, um, I guess having all of them, that's my only concern. But I, I I agree with you. I mean, at the end of the day, they've been playing in the same team. They're all averaging quite high. Um, I mean, they're all averaging together um, very high. So you, I, can see, I can see how they could all work together. Yeah. I think the main thing is as well, isn't it? Like you're just planning out, like the big thing is planning across the buy, period yeah. itself but like all these guys obviously have the round 13 buy but if you've already got two for example and you want to bring in one at the moment and if you can afford to do it and you know you're still going to be able to field 18 come next week when the bulldogs have the buy you can still realistically bring in you know another mm. one or another two um off the back of that depending on you know if that floats your boat if you want to get another two in um depending on who you've already got and who you haven't but um the other question for amp for you amp is um I guess, in your analytic wizardry opinion, um, who is the best of these options, the, the doggies, to target as as the first trade-in option? So we'll limit it just in terms of, you know, we'll assume everyone's got got dunks, but out of Baz, Bont, and English as the, the three hottest prospects, which of those three would you target first? Well, it's interesting that you mentioned target first because I actually bought Bont and Pelly in last week, the week just gone, mm. because I reckon that he is... Um, probably the best one to have. But the way that English has just scored on the weekend um, and the fact that the only other real ruck option that most people are going for at the moment is either Wits or Darcy, I reckon English just, just pips him at the moment, especially with mm. both Pruce and Hayes not playing this week. Um, I would be bringing in English first, but I'd, don't really think you could go wrong bringing in either Bond or English. Smith, on the other hand, he's been he's been good, obviously. Like, he's still scoring quite well. But his consistency has been a bit of an issue. So it really depends on whether or not leagues or overall is going to be your main focus. Because if leagues are your main focus, then Bailey Smith could possibly cost you a game. I don't know if you've run any numbers, but like quartiles, is there anything that you've looked at there or is there anything without running numbers that sticks out in terms of knowing the ceiling and the floor of, of all these players? Um, I haven't really had too much time to run most of the statistical stuff that I sort of became known for over the last couple of years just because I haven't had as much time these days. But a couple of things that I did note while having a look through all of these guys' scores half of English's scores are actually higher than Pontepelli's highest score. And English has only played mm. like, um, what, six games for the year. So mm. he's got a far higher ceiling and 
even his floor is a lot higher than Pontebellis too. I think Bont's had um, an 88 and a 96 and English has had like somewhere in the two, two in the nineties. Um, so I'd say just in terms of like where they are scoring wise, English still has Bontempelli beat, mm. but yeah, Bailey Smith has had like four scores under 80, but his higher scores have been all fairly high scoring. Yeah, true. Very good. And now I guess onto the inspired movie made, uh, Joel Jeffrey, obviously for, for Matty Rowell, as you mentioned, um, just wanted to chat about him a little bit. Is he, do you reckon he's still a decent trading option as a, as a cash cow? We're all, we're all uh, crying out for now. <laughs> absolutely. He is, you know, the way that um, most of the media have actually talked about him during the week uh, leads me to believe that he's definitely going to be in the team for quite a few weeks to come. Um, he's got the lowest break even of anyone in the game at the moment. So he's mm. still going to easily make, you know, 100, 120K. So whilst you won't gain as much money trading him out um, that you could have when he was 127K, yeah. you're still going to make, you know, 100K over the next couple of weeks. And depending on how long he's actually in in the team for, he'll, he'll make you a decent amount of money. Yeah, so... So you're thinking probably about another 100K for anyone that trades him in this way? Uh, he'll probably make about realistically somewhere in the 60 to 70K range. I think Supercoach yeah. Gold has him at um, 57K for a score of 50, uh, yeah, which would okay. probably put him at about 70K for a score of 90 again. So he's going he's, he's still going to rise uh, quite a significant amount yeah, this week. Yeah, decent. Very good. It's what I need, another cash cow. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah, exactly. He's, um, I'm very much the same as well. Like in F6, unfortunately, I've been having to run um, either, uh, what's his name? Curtis. It's, it's a bane of my super coach existence for 2022. <laughs> having to run Curtis at F6 or Rioli. And the fact that I'm still able to like screen both of their scores by having Baldwin as a non-playing player off the bench hasn't helped me in the slightest oh, no. because... The weekend, for example, Rioli scored 36 and <laughs> he was on the bench. And I was like, oh, okay, I got Curtis. What are the chances he's actually going to beat him? To his credit, he did, but only by two points, he scored a 38. <laughs> so like, oh, I'm just so thankful now with the DPP changes that I can now swing, you know, when the when the buyers aren't, aren't too much of a factor. I can swing um, Hobbs forward, play him and play even McComb at the moment as well because... Yeah, that's been putting a bit of a, a limit on my ceiling overall. But um, I'm looking to potentially bring in, um, yeah, Jeffrey off the back of, you know, what what you've just endorsed there. He's still going to make a bit of bit of cash. Uh, obviously, got a better scoring uh, potential than uh, than Curtis and Rio. I mean, Rioli hasn't been too bad, but he's been very up and down. Um, up and down. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, something to uh, to think about there. But um, Amber, is there anything you wanted to uh, to chat about or uh, or endorse apart from your love for uh, for Ben Keys? <laughs> i mean we could dedicate the entire segment to me just talking about him i just i love him so much <laughs> oh, I, don't, dream, I don't think he's a dream <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i'd 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 have you know met i'd have imagined that i'd meet anyone with a love for a player to rival that of, of mine for sammy walsh but i think you you come pretty close well it's interesting like the actual reason I picked him and this actually, I was going to talk about this a little bit as well. Um, I, I, those that know me probably know that I picked Cam Guthrie as well as a super pod last year. And he turned out to be one of the picks of the year as well. Mm. And there may be a little bit of a secret formula to picking these guys that I may have inadvertently stumbled across mm. because it's not just keys and it's not just Guthrie. There's, a couple of other players that uh, sort of fit the boat as well. One of them going around this year and he's scoring really, really, really well. And that's George Hewitt. And Look. the other two are Jack Steele and Took Miller. The common theme, they're all... Taggers. Former taggers, taggers exactly. that are now turned yep. inside mids. Very interesting thing to uh, keep an eye on over the next uh, few weeks To for anyone looking ahead to uh, 2023, which is probably quite a few people at the moment, but... Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's a nice little, uh, nice little nugget uh, of secrecy there. Little, yeah. Um, yeah. One of your, one of your uh, secret eleven herbs and spices. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Emp, uh, well, uh, you've been generous with your time, mate. So thanks so much for jumping on. And um, 
helping, uh, I guess, answer some of those conundrums that um, I myself had anyway in terms of uh, Jeffrey and those um, those doggies as to who to target first because, um, yeah, it's left scratching my head. Um, when lockout opened and I saw the uh, the new price points and who got DPP and who didn't. So thank you so much for uh, for joining us and um, no doubt we'll, uh, we'll catch you very, very soon. No worries, you will. And just before you do boot me out of the call, I'm um, going to be sending you guys another $100 donation just for the work you do. Uh, you've definitely earned it. So, oh, thank yeah. you. Oh, thanks. No, you, you don't honestly don't thanks, need to do that. Yeah, don't do <laughs> that. That wasn't I, part I of the reason we got you on. doing that. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> but no, I, I will be sending you guys another hundred bucks just because, yeah, you guys are great. Oh, thanks, mate. No, I really appreciate oh, the support. You. Um, and I guess we'll probably send that money back your way anyway when you, uh, when you take out our super coach edge <laughs> private league. So uh, <laughs> you've probably done it. You've done yeah, strategically. I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Very nice. Well, thank you so much again, mate. And um, we'll, uh, we'll catch you very, very soon. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Emperor. Thanks, Emperor, for jumping on. It's always, it's always fun having a number one ticket holder on the podcast. It's always insightful as well. And uh, let's move on to the next segment. And I can guess, I mean, I don't think he is every week, but do you reckon Emperor's got a sneaky captain on keys most weeks <laughs> i think that's very very true very true but also should make mention as well how generous of him like uh mm. you know for him to to say he's gonna dip into his pocket for a couple of yeah humble, struggling super coaches who just do this for a bit of passion um you know it's nice of him to do so so yeah, yeah but kind. hopefully he gets repaid in spades with uh a bit of bit of luck with uh with his, yeah. his man keys but as you said, we all know he loves keys as his captain option probably most weeks. But what about uh, what about other players, Liam? Who would they be? Yeah, let's uh, let's let's chat about them. And I'm the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Yes, we've scrounged through the data and found the best options for your VC and C this weekend. And first up, we've got. I don't want to even talk about him. Josh Dunkley <laughs> against Geelong, Friday, 7.50. Maybe I'll trust him this week. Uh, he's got an average of 98 over his last four against the Cats with scores of 96, 88, 103, and 105. But he does have that three-round average of 125.7. So it's a good option for Friday night. Yeah, like it. Like it. I mean, he yeah. uh, had a bit of an, not an out-of-the-box game on the weekend, but um, oh, he probably, probably scored. Yeah, yeah, they did. He scored the way that McRae should have scored as well. So shame yeah. on you. Shame, shame. Uh, and that man we'll speak about right now, Jack McRae. Uh, he's averaging 108.25 over his last four against the Cats with scores of 97, 96, 124, and 116. And uh, yeah, Geelong, it's actually the side that he has the worst average against. So that's, um, mm. yeah, stars aren't aligning. They're misaligning. No. <laughs> so he's probably one to steer clear of, but uh, we'll mention him nonetheless um, because he might just, since I put the rocket up here, he might try and turn it around. I think it's uh, also but, just worth bringing him up in the context of these stats so that people don't just automatically think, oh, yeah. Jack McRae, he's always a good option for your VC. Yeah. Maybe it's not. Yeah, as this one on the weekend, he's not always mm. now anymore. But that, Liam, also alongside the fact that his three-round average is 107.7 and his five-round average is 111.2. So, um, yeah. I mean, doesn't scream pick me as a, as a captaincy option with his current form paired with, uh, yeah, his historical form against the Cats. So, yeah. yeah. Nonetheless, I mean, just, just think about him. Probably not so much as an option, but uh, now you know as to why you shouldn't select him. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Tom Stewart is our next option in that same game. He's averaged 110.25 over his last four against the Doggies with scores of 120, 104, 114, and 103. And he has a three-round average of 136.3 and a five-round average of 134. But be mindful that only two of those scores were captaincy-worthy, and that is the 125-plus rule, um, obviously. Uh, but Western Bulldogs <laughs> also give away the third most points to opposition general defenders. Hmm. Uh, but he isn't playing at Cadenia Park. He is playing at, uh, I think, exactly. Marvel Stadium. So uh, it's all just too much for me, but uh, another nice VC option for Friday. And thankfully I don't have, you, not thankfully I don't have in my side, but you know, I don't have in my side, so I don't have to consider all <laughs> of those different stats. That, uh, <laughs> compete. So whether these should be a good VC option this round. Just 
flip a coin. Flip a coin after yeah. all those stats. <laughs> uh, another guy to look at is Rory Laird. Plays the Weagles on Saturday at 1.45 p.m. And he's averaged 97.25 over his last four against the Eagles mm. with scores of 125, 130, 87, and 92. And um, another sort of, I guess, um, tactical viewpoint is the fact that the Eagles give away the third most points to opposition inside mids. So um, that may play into his hands. Uh, we saw with uh, Dunkley on the weekend, um, absolutely smashed it. So he could be one, despite his historical average, not looking like you know the best Against the Eagles, he could be one that uh, might have a nice little handy game uh, and someone to factor in as a potential, mm-hmm. I guess, VC option. Yep. Next up, we've got the uh, pink sweaty pig in Clayton Oliver against oink, Sydney oink. On, <laughs> on Saturday at 7.25. He's averaged 114 over his last four against the Swans, which has scores of 137, 137, 117, and 84. And he has his third worst average against the Swans, but I'd probably expect him to bounce back after what I want to say is a bit of a shock loss by the D's on the weekend. So you probably expect them all to, to just, you know, dig a little deeper this week and uh, make sure they get yeah. back on the on the winner's list. Absolutely. And uh, his teammate, Maxi Gorn, uh, plays obviously in that same game. And he's averaged 123.5 over his last four against the Swans with scores of 112, 150, 113 and 119. And... Um, Got back into a little bit of form on the weekend mm. with a, uh, a 118 um, against some tough opposition in uh, in Sean Darcy. So yeah. who knows? The um, the wheel might be turning for uh, for Gorney. So um, keep him in mind. Yes. Now, next up on Sunday at 2.10, we've got against Collingwood, we've got James Sicily, who has an average of 115.75 against, uh, against the Pies in his last four with scores of 132, 141, 125, and 65. Now, the 65 does come all the way back since 2017. Um, but he does have his second best average against the Pies of any of any side. Ooh. Also comes in with a three-round average of 136.7 and a five-round average of 131.6. And three of those scores have been captaincy-worthy, again, with that 125-plus rule. I reckon he's not a not a bad option. Jeez, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm feeling like a bit of, uh, you know, the Vince McMartin gift where he falls off his chair. <laughs> as, you're, as you're reading out line by line there, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I'm getting hot under the collar. <laughs> Jeez. He's, uh, like I've mentioned previously, he's been my best trade-in, mm-hmm. hands down, of the season so far. He's just gone from strength to strength. But the stars are aligning there. Each of those stats that you spoke about is mm. his historical average, second best average against the Pies overall, and then his three and five round average. He is in stellar, stellar form. Um, intercept defender. He's just racks up those easy points champion data just love him uh you know they they just get out their lipstick as do i at the moment i'm uh, i'm absolutely loving him um so yeah he's, he's, I, I don't know i'm just i'm just my mind my brain's gone to mush i just think yeah. about him let's move on um yeah. to lucky neil plays frio on sunday at 5 20 p.m and he's averaged 125 over his last two against the dockers with scores of 171 and uh, 79, so a uh, bit from each side of the mm. spectrum. Uh, has his second best average against his old side, but has only played them twice. So not that much of a um, sample size there, but no. uh, comes on the back of a score of, uh, of course, you know, the 164 on the weekend um, <laughs> that I missed. <laughs> Idiot. But yeah, anyway, he's uh, he's looks like he's getting back into some, uh, into some really good form. And it's going to be a really, really tough uh, contest, that one. Um, Looking forward mm. to both of these, uh, both both of those teams matching up. But um, Liam, honourable mentions. Yes, we've got a few actually this round, and these are just, I guess, players that might not just just players that don't necessarily have a good average or or uh, against against these sides or the history. But we just wanted to raise, and the first one is Tim English, and he's a perfect VC option if you ask me. Is uh, mm. in an absolutely stellar form, and. To add to that, Geelong also give away the second most points to opposition ruckman. Jeez, mm. juicy tidbit there. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Uh, I think there's a lot, all these players that were mentioned here. Uh, the teams that they're facing, there's sort of a bit of a, a bit of a, a tactical exploitation. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so these, that's, yeah, that's where the sort of the logic has come with these. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got Jordan Dawson, and West Coast give away the third most points to opposition wingers slash attacking defenders. Like it. I like it's it. another sort of out of the box choice. Yep. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. 
Now, I want to say a big out-of-the-box choice here, and that is Jakey Lloyd. Uh, Melbourne give away the most points to our general defenders and designated kick-in takers, kick-in-ers, people who take the kick-in, I guess, <laughs> uh, which Jake Lloyd is, uh, is doing, um, especially if Blakey's not back in. Um, yeah. I think Blakey was also taking a lot of the kick-ins. So Jake Lloyd, fun to consider if you have him. <laughs> I'm just trying to find some big, I think, I think over the buys, your VC and C options can really be important because yeah. with best 18, you want to sort of um, maximize your sort of your captaincy score as well. So yeah. I think sometimes going for someone a little bit left of field is, is, is good. Just, just on Lloydie as well, on the uh, the lo- the man who loves chips, uh, he, in absence of Blakey, took 90% of the kickouts. Mm. He had nine. Florent had one. And, uh, mm. of course, Jakey played on in eight of those nine. So, um, yeah, who knows? With that, uh, that, I guess, opposition matchup, the exploitation, would be really, really a big pot, I think, uh, as a yeah. As a kid, when do they play uh, Sydney? They're Saturday, aren't they? So it could be potentially a, a VC if you want to sort of minimise the risk. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Next up, we've got Callum Mills, and uh, this one's a bit more speculative. Melbourne, obviously, as I mentioned, give away the most points to general defenders, um, and he did spend a lot of time in the defensive half against Richmond. Um, I'm assuming with uh, Blakey's absence, so just mm. I guess watch for Blakey being named on the weekend. I don't know why he was out, um, but just keep that in mind. Um, Callum Mills could be another sneaky VC option. Um, and the last one, and this one's another probably, it's a little bit of a big, um, long bow to draw. It's Tom Mitchell. <laughs> now, Colin would give away the most points to opposition inside mid, so it really depends on his role and whether yep. he uh, gets that majority of time in the, in the, in the engine room, uh, but another one that you could potentially consider. I was just going to say, going into when you were reading that out, I thought, you know, because each one's kind of like getting less and less of, you know, an option, like a solid option. And I thought that you're going to say Collingwood give away the most free kicks. So therefore, Tom Mitchell <laughs> presents himself as an option. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in saying that, Tom Mitchell also, I mean, it's hard to, to look at. But let's have a quick look at his average. It's his second highest average comes against the Pies as well so you know there's that average there's that uh sort of history there as well but uh you know it's hard to hard to weigh it all up i think let's jump into who we're selecting damon yes let's do that and uh i'm going to be a little bit left field i think for the first time in our history might have done it once before but uh, at least for this season anyway i am tempted to roll the dice on one of those honorable mentions Mm. we just mentioned for the first (sighs) time so it comes you got it. No, <laughs> I don't have enough chips. Uh, it comes in the form of Timmy English, uh, the yes. pommy. He's not really a pommy, but we'll call him pommy because he's English. Uh, if I opt to trade him in. Uh, yeah. So that I'm still sort of on the fence for. I'm strongly considering it. So uh, more chance of it happening than not. So for the C, if he does fail, or if I don't go with him and whoever it is fails, I'll probably put it on either Laird or Neil. I think at this stage. Yep. Yep. I like that. Like that. Yep. Uh, Timmy English. Timmy English is the perfect VC option. If you ask me, it's probably going to be my VC. Yep. If I bring him in, obviously, if I don't bring him in, who else would I go for? I am going to go with, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Josh Dunkley, just because he plays on Friday night. Yep. Uh, yep. But uh on the, I'm probably going to go with James Sicily for the captain, just for a bit of something yeah, different. Yeah. I'm not too concerned over the buys, as I said. I'm just going to be trying to go for some left field options to bank some points and just see how I go. So James Sicily will be my captain. I like it. I like it. You know what? I fell off my chair when you're reading about those stats, and I'd already <laughs> forgotten about them already. <laughs> that's how short term my memory is. <laughs> and now you've rejected, and I'm thinking maybe yeah, I'll put the C on. on oh, the, really? I think the, it'd be a good uh, idea. I think you should do it. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should. <laughs> All right, let's move on to... Uh... It doesn't come off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you'll be in the gun. You'll be in the ugly if it doesn't come off. 
All right, uh, let's move on to our next segment. And it is, of course, looking at the group rankings and the Supercoach Edge Cash League. And there is a particular reason mm. why we love this segment, Liam. And hopefully that continues. We'll it have a look. Continue. It should. Okay. Well, uh, let's have a look first off at our Supercoach Edge group rankings. And I can see you smiling, so you know you know what's coming up. And our high scorer for round 11 is Martin with his team at Derwent Destroyers. With a score of 2,627, with a run rank of 413. <laughs> the overall highest scorer is, of course, Tyler. Five weeks in a row, you could probably guess what his team name is. And it is Cream Pie. Cream Pies, I can't even say it. Cream Pies. Wow. Five weeks in a row. You know, we've, we've said it's like the, the sequel with the two, trilogy with the three. The quadrilogy when he had the four, now he's got the five. It's almost becoming like a, a whole box set of, of Fast and the Furious like sequels. <laughs> so it's like the Fast Five. I'm gonna call it we'll label this the Fast Five. So uh Derwent Destroyers and Cream Pies <laughs> go hand in hand. Well done. So uh Cream Pies goes total score twenty six thousand three hundred and eighty three. <laughs> and his overall rank is up to eighteen overall, up from thirty. Jeez. Absolutely love it. That's, that's great. Five, five cream pies in a row. If you want to enter the Supercoach Edge group, which you can join any time. Put the man on a leash. The code, <laughs> the code is 142059. And let's quickly have a quick update on the Supercoach Edge Crown League the tier three Patreon subscribers. And the winners for this round were David. With his hey. team, DJ, trade a lot. Myself with uh, Church of Parish. Matthew with his team, Orion. Bruce with his team, Shuin. And Jacqueline with her team, Mid-Price. <laughs> Good work. Well, that's uh, probably uh, couldn't come soon enough. It does bring us to the end of the show. But before we go, Liam, where can our listeners and viewers find us across our socials? Good luck with this. <laughs> it's like the Don't Laugh uh, Challenge. Every time yeah, we go into that segment. Uh, if you want to watch us you can find us on youtube and you can just search supercoach edge and don't forget to like <laughs> like and subscribe on twitter you can find us at supercoach underscore edge or alternatively our individual uh, channels at demoj88 or liam at liam evans underscore 95 liam you can you can take over here <laughs> On Facebook and Instagram, just search Supercoach Edge and you will find us there. Ah, very good. Let's let's take a breath and uh, let's batten down the hatches, strap ourselves in, cover our eyes and hope for the best as we enter mm. the unknown that is the buy period that is coming up. So um, best of luck to everyone and um, yeah, yourself, Liam. Good luck. Yourself, you. even though you're not worried no, at all. I feel like... I'm like the storm chaser that's just like <laughs> going like, after the storm. And I'm like, hit me, do it. <laughs> you hit me. You're like that dude from Twister. Yeah. <laughs> just just so chasing. When, when the buys hit and you see me going up in the tornado, <laughs> I'll wave. It's like, you know, I'm just imagining the scene from The Wizard of Oz. Did it, did it, did it, did it, the house is going up. Yeah, the grandma. Then you got the witch on the, on the bike. That's me. Uh, very good. Well, uh, best of luck to everyone, including yourself, Liam. And uh, we'll, you. uh, we'll catch Thank you next you, week David. to do it all again. Thank you. Good luck, guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.